0: And welcome back, fourth and Long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess here. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have two very special guests here for, for us to go through the AFL Grand Final and review all the action from this weekend. I have two members of the Coat Hanger Footy Podcast from Sydney. I have Miss Fiona Lamb and Coach Kiwi here to join me. Ladies, it is great to see you. Thank you for joining me.
1: G'day Thank and happy, happy Mad Monday. <laughs> it's great to, great to join you, Donnie.
0: Thank you so much. Coach?
2: How are you? It's great to um, spread the word across uh, more countries.
0: Yeah, you'd actually be surprised how many people actually over here in the States really, really enjoy it. I'm part of a USAFL team here in Des Moines, Iowa, and and you'd be shocked how many people over here thoroughly love the game of footy and many, many young ladies who love the AFLW. And um sad to say, our AFLW season is over and we have crowned a champion. We will crown for the first time ever a new champion, the Brisbane Lions. I have to ask fee what are your thoughts on the brisbane lions finding a way to knock off the adelaide crows
1: <laughs> third time lucky i was so <laughs> desperate uh, someone was doing polls on on twitter saying are you going for brisbane with your heart and adelaide with your head or you know whatever and that was me it was brisbane with my heart but i was certain that they weren't going to make it again and i was already heartbroken you might have heard that that clip that i've played a few times on twitter saying why can't we have nice things why can't Mm. they do it um because we were we this is the first um, first grand final that Kiwi and I haven't attended, so we were there for the heartbreak and the agony, uh, and the ecstasy of, of um, Adelaide winning, and the Bulldogs the following year beating beating Brisbane. They they are a phenomenal team, and they they are often overlooked, and they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about that. Uh, <laughs> anyone, we have friends in Brisbane who who um, take. Uh, lots of time to remind us that Brisbane are a contender every year. Um, particularly after the expansion, uh, Brisbane Lions were raided, um, a lot of players were, were taken and so it felt as if their glory days were over, but no, no. They came in, they managed to shut down Adelaide in significant ways. We didn't see very much of Erin Phillips, she got one behind, that was it. Um, i'm elated i'm still on a high i'm so excited it was i was at a pub watching um this year and we were on our feet for a lot of a lot of v match it was so exciting so i am over the moon
0: coach what are what are are your thoughts
1: (laughs) probably the opposite of v
2: i think (laughs) um (laughs) i um i thought brisbane would get up this time around and i kind of hope they didn't <laughs> so i really wanted the crows to win
1: <laughs> why that's boring uh
2: yeah know a lot of people say that no i really i just i just love the way the crows go about this style of football you know they they've got some versatility they can go up the corridor or they can get it wide they've got some key players all across the ground that are just exciting to watch. You know, um, the sisters, Mules and Button, they're, they're just exciting additions to an already classy team with um, Stevie Lee, Erin, um, Ebony Marinoff, like just so many really good ones. Um, and good to see Sarah Allen just year in, year out. I met her as, um, gosh, what was she, about 14 years old. Um, many years ago and um, just to see her go from strength to strength every year they give her a little bit more responsibility um, this year she pretty much ran the whole back line without Chelsea Randall and I think did an outstanding job and she's still pretty young I think she's be 21 22 now uh, just you know you always love seeing the youngsters come through and, um, and stand up to the big tests that they constantly get so um, yeah I really wanted Adelaide to win. I um, I, I, I thought Brisbane Meyer and Craig Starsevich is a very clever coach and um, I think he knows really how to get the best out of his players and he's got some really exciting players up there and uh, I spent some time with Darabin Falcons so you know got a soft spot for any, any Falcons and one of them is obviously Lauren Arnell. Um, I'm really excited to see her go out. With a Premiership, but not just that she got a goal in the grand final and you know there 's been so much uh, around the recruitment of young players, and um, people overlook the contribution of those who are experienced and body built footballers um, generally in their thirties, such as lauren Arnell and um so um, sad she's decided to retire. Same with Emma Zilke. Um, I think they probably still had a year, or like, I thought Zilke's probably had a couple of years in her, but I understand she wants to go out on the top. So, um, yeah, stoked for them, absolutely. But yeah, I really want a cross to win. Well, <laughs> Just to well, throw in the mix. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll be the tiebreaker in this. Okay. We, we had one that was a, a, a static one that wasn't. And for me, I, I had said in, in my preview show to it, I said, it's so hard to go against a team that has Aaron Phillips. But to be honest, as I watched this game, I was like, the Crows got rattled. I, I don't know what it was. It was like Brisbane kind of surprised them like It the old typical I can't remember the quote is is that everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the mouth and Brisbane kind of that the first goal by by hotter was just like you could tell the crows were like whoa I wasn't they weren't expecting that and it was like their, their superstars didn't play as well as they normally do they were more fumbly they were more indecisive and brisbane's back line and their midfield just played their best game at the right game it, it, it was an incredible game i i thoroughly enjoyed it i had so much fun watching it um i mean i don't know about you two but i mean chelsea hotter made herself a superstar with the two goals that she kicked i mean can you believe the second one
1: i know <laughs> <laughs> i was so we i was joking about the ball of god um uh, in previous games, it bounced the wrong way, and she's got the foot of God. I think. <laughs> I just think, what what poise to say, "Ah, oh, it I'm just going to have a go," and and her um, the accuracy was. It wasn't it wasn't just a fluke. You know, she was mm-hmm. she's such a brilliant and exciting player to watch. Uh, and I still I haven't grown tired of replaying that. <laughs> still, I watched it a few times this morning. <laughs>
0: I know there's, I know there's a Twitter account for the USAFL and they they kept, I, one of them was, did we just see that with like the eyes out emojis? Like he literally could not believe it. And the fact that she has the, I mean, I'll say it, the cojones to go for it was just absolutely incredible. And she's going to be a superstar. I cannot wait to see her progress, but the fact that she does it in a grand final stage, like you, you can't top that that was absolutely amazing and and, i mean i agree another person said it was like why can't goal of the year be wait until after the grand final because that second one yeah should be the goal of the year in, in in anybody's book but sadly it won't be
1: is this her first year courtney hodder or has she been in for a couple of years coach
2: um, put me on the spot here. Um, yeah, I think she's been in for a couple of years.
1: She has, um, all right. She's Well, she's hitting her peak now, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, she's come through. I'm pretty sure she's come through the talent pathways oh, up.
1: Yeah. Um, who was saying that, yeah, she, somebody on Twitter saw her play in 2016 in the um, – Interstate championships, but it was Western Australia. Would she have been playing yeah. for Western Australia, or yeah, I
0: think she's a WA. I think she's a WA product. I think right. Because I know yeah, some of the anyway, Frio fans. That I, know of. I know some of the Frio fans that I know of weren't too happy that she didn't find her way into to Frio's camp. Unfortunately,
1: now this was something that I think people. Maybe I'm the only one who didn't realise it in the in the first year. Just how much talent came from Western Australia. Chelsea Randall, Western Australia. Sabs Frederick uh western australia who else i can't can't think of anyone else right now off the top of my head but um i would have expected them to stay in western australia but no they traveled and um and they found their new homes i mean seb's has moved twice now but um it's it's a rich talent pool that's for sure
0: yeah i completely agree with that an absolutely amazing performance and then i'm going to do one a question without notice i'm going to ask both you ladies Aaron Phillips, she falls short in, the, in this final, the first time she's ever lost a grand final in the AFLW. Does she hang up the boots or do you think she plays one more year?
1: One more. I think she plays one more. I heard uh, Sharni Layton predict her retirement. Um, I think that she would have said this was her last year if if that was her intention. Um, so because she didn't say anything, I suspect she, she's, everyone's sort of projecting this onto her. One of our friends, uh, Pethy, mm-hmm. brief cheerio Pethy, if you're listening, <laughs> um, she said, oh no, Aaron's walking out with, holding the kids. Don't say this is her last. I, I just didn't have time because it was. It, it was too exciting watching the match to say she took the kids out last time. Calm down. Everyone just calm down. No. So I think she's got more in her. What do you think? She takes, the,
2: she takes the kids out every day. Um, but yeah, I um actually looked at her body language and it looked to me like she had sort of accepted that that could perhaps be her last. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I think what may come into the picture is, um, perhaps Chelsea Randall may have played her last Um, only because I know she's had a couple of serious concussions this year and she's had some previously in her football career and uh, obviously, you know, much more awareness around CTE and what can do in your later life. I think maybe Chelsea might start to consider, um, you know, other options and that could mean that Aaron stays in the team to add a little bit of experience. Um, or she may stay and be hungry, you know, she um, played for the Opals for a couple of um, Olympics, I think, before they won it. And so um, so she's she's been in big matches before and not won and stayed to get the bigger medal. So hopefully um, she won't stay on her two medals. Hopefully she'll come back for a third.
0: That'd be nice. I I, I hope she does because she's just an incredible athlete and, and it's so much fun to watch and, and she's great for the sport. In fact, in, in my personal opinion, I don't, I don't know if this has been expressed by anybody, but I think eventually they should name the best and fairest after Aaron Phillips. And in my personal opinion, I think that would be a great gesture for, for such a great stalwart of the AFLW in these early years.
1: Just, just not while she's still competing for it. <laughs> Because you to be present it to herself. That's <laughs> <Yes, laughs> right. Yeah, she really is wonderful uh, to watch. She's, um, she's a, as you say, Donnie, she's a phenomenal at- athlete. And uh, we said in a – someone made a comment on our panel a few podcasts ago about she had a quiet game. She only kicked two goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is quiet for Erin Phillips. Um, but her athleticism, her her accuracy, her efficiency – it's a wonder to watch. She's a, she's great to, she's a great player to watch. So I really hope we haven't seen the last of her. I wonder, and I actually thought she might hang on until Port Adelaide came in and she, she'd swapped to Port Adelaide. Cause that's uh, the team that her father played for. And in fact, before the, the league was launched, she donned a, a, Port Adelaide Guernsey and said, I'm right to play. And then the AFL came back and said, excuse me, but the Port Adelaide hasn't got a license. (laughs) Take that off. (laughs) That's when Collingwood should have come in and said, "Uh, excuse me,
2: father, daughter rule, you're a Collingwood player. Because her dad played for Collingwood as well. Oh, he played for both. Yeah. 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 So big, big uh, mistake by Collingwood recruitment in season one to let that talent slip yeah, through your fingers
1: jeez I, I i didn't realize he'd played for collingwood as well and yes yeah, just add that to all the other mistakes they made in their first year but my oh. goodness how they've grown over the years they're they're like a fairy tale story collingwood
0: mm-hmm. they
1: were they were rubbish the <laughs> foundation team who were rubbish and now look at them they're mm-hmm. amazing wonderful to watch
0: well, we'll go. We'll go off that. That's a great little segue there. I love that. Okay, there, there recently, um, it's just come out that the the AFL is really looking into the eventual uh, to potential expansion as early as next year. For 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 you two, really quick, yes or no? Is expansion going to be a good idea, or do we kind of wait on it? to let more talent build a little bit to where we aren't going to see the rating kind of like coach Starsevich said um, after in the, in the post uh, post game that they said that Jeff Kennett, the, the, leader of Hawthorne was like the Hawks need uh, a, a, an AFLW team and, and coach Starsevich was quite um, adamant that he thinks that it may not be such a good idea at this present point. So, so going off that, since we kind of mentioned Port Adelaide, since Port Adelaide is one of the four teams that does not currently have an AFLW license expansion. Yes. Or should we wait a couple more years and let some more talent come into the league?
2: No. <laughs> um, look I think as it currently stands that CBA that was locked in last season goes for three years so that kind of locks in their their payment, their hours allocated to the club each week and how many games a season they're allowed to play so that's locked in and so I think you will find it very hard to adjust anything for the 2022 season um, 23 you know, is probably a chance for a couple of teams come in. I don't know that there'll be value with four new teams coming in. Um, And for Hawthorne currently in the VFLW competition, I think they're sitting second to last on the ladder and they've got a bunch of um, former AFLW players and and a few of the current delisted ones have quickly transferred across to Hawthorne. So they really need to, um, I guess, line their ducks up and and really – perform solidly next season to earn that license uh yeah i just don't think um we're ready and i can see the young talent coming through there's definitely some great young talent across the states um but i think you know too much is put on an 18 year old and what she can perform at this level whereas if you look at the men's competition they usually get a couple of years in that and it's you know maybe a couple of guys who are 18 play at the afl afl level in their first season um they sort of wait till their bodies mature a little bit and i think with the females it's something similar and we are starting to get a get better footy-brained athletes coming through the ranks now um with our nab league across the states and um you know sydney swans is another one who's got a team entered in uh giants have got a team entered in um so you know probably they would need another couple of Maybe even three more seasons of developing that young talent.
1: And, so that's the um, under 19s you're talking about,
2: isn't that's it? That's the under 19s, yeah. National, so they probably call. need to really develop an under 21 academy in those states. Um, because the ones here, obviously in Victoria, they're under our under 19s a season have pretty much been in the program already about four four years. Mm-hmm. So um, quite a head start on what New South Wales has for sure. Um, Queensland and WA, South Australia, they've all had really strong academies over the years. Um, and just, yeah, I guess similar in what Victoria are producing is, is good young talent. And it's really, you're just going to get the cream. You're only going to get probably three or four players good enough to play at AFLW Leverage straight off the bat. The rest will still need a little bit more development and you're just not going to get four new teams out of that um, small pool of ready-made athletes. Or you get more Irish to come in. <laughs> probably, probably try a big spanner in the works. No, don't do that. <laughs> the, the international stars, you know. <laughs> There's you a few in America me. that are coming yeah. over. There's A, a Canadian <laughs> made a debut in the weekend for um, St Kilda in the VFLW. Um, I think there's an American on her way over. There's a German not far off making her debut in the VFRW. So there's uh, international talent oh, wow. yeah. at the ready.
1: Who's, who's the US player who's uh, playing AFLW level for the Danny Bulldogs, Mars- is it? Danny yeah, Marshall. Danny Marshall. Yep. She kicked a few yesterday.
2: Took a few grabs yeah. against Darabin. Oh, at the, the VFRW. Yeah, so um, apparently she is put word out asking for a mortgage broker. So... Um, <laughs> One would assume she's planning she's here to, to stay, stay in Victoria right. for a while.
1: <laughs> well, look, I I am itching for for expansion. I I I I we're all Swans fans in the room today, in the Zoom room today. Um, I I want a Swans team. I want them, and I want them now. But um... <laughs> me too. Me too. But that's just, yeah, it's just, they're just not ready. I I did latch onto one thing that Craig Starsovich said, which was a slap back to um, Jeff Kennett. Jeff Kennett's also a former premier of um, Victoria and roundly loathed, I think you could say, (laughs) amongst, well, part of the population. Anyway, um, he made a big fuss. As you said, he, he's, he's wanting Hawthorne to have an AFLW team now. But Craig's point was, where were you when the licences were being handed out? Where were you when the applications were going in? Nowhere. Just like Swans. Nowhere. Not interested. So what was interesting in the first year is that not everyone who applied for a licence got one. Um, And St Kilda were were one of the teams who put in, one of the clubs who put in a a really good application, I'm told, and were knocked back. Whereas other clubs like Magpies, Collingwood, perhaps didn't put, didn't do very much homework. I think they just stayed up and did an all-nighter to do their application the night before uh, and they got one. So, history really, yes. but teams history, like, history. history. Like, yeah. you've no, got history to have Collingwood history. and Carlton. This is the women's league. We have our own history. We're building it now, and the rivalry. You've got to have Collingwood
2: versus the rivalry Carlton.
1: rivalry is not between Carlton and Collingwood. It's between Sydney and Melbourne, the way it always should be. It is now. We got their best captain.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, know. I I should it, never should let Bree st- Davies st- go. Should I stand back and let you It's do okay, Dom.
2: We're in different states. We're safe at
1: the moment. <laughs> so I'm it's, coming to you from Sydney, and Kiwis in Melbourne. So we're not, not going to tear each other apart, at least not in person.
0: Well, well here, yeah, I'll, okay. So I'll play tie break, I'll play tie again for this. I'm kind of actually. I'm. I'm really. I, I've said this in a few podcasts. I'm 50-50 when it comes to AFLW. As much as I would absolutely love to be able to cheer on a Swans women's team, I also know. That if we want this product to continue to grow and to continue to get more eyeballs and to continue to get more and more skill, more and more to where it's up to the level that I think a lot of us want it to be, it's going to take some time. I mean, I've said this to a few people and I know sometimes uh, talking to trolls online is not always a good thing. I said, if you look at the AFLW, one of the main things that so many people use is, well, it's boring footy. And I go, well... No offense. Let's look at the AFL or the VFL at the time it was when it was five years old. I, I highly doubt the athletes and the skill was as good as it is today. It's had hundreds. It's had over a hundred years of progression. The women's game is five years old. Calm down. Okay. It will get there. It just takes time. These women need all the pathways. They need more pathways. They're coming, okay? I I know I've heard it many times. Many of the states are seeing record progression in women playing footy, young girls playing footy, and now they can play past 12 years old. So I think the talent is eventually going to be there. The coaching needs to get better. That'll come with time. The, the progression of skill will come eventually. I'm willing to wait. I understand that. I know it's it, it stinks every year that the, that the Swans will not have a team there. But if it takes four years, but we have a, a solid comp that comes in with 16 or 18 teams, and there's parody, and there's talent, and there's skill, and there there's there's great play and wonderful games. I mean, this season was absolutely amazing. I loved so many of the games. In fact, towards the end, I cannot wait to ask this question to another question a little bit later. So just a tiny preview there. Um, mm-hmm. I think this sport is only going to grow if we give it time. If that means waiting, I'm willing to do that. So so I guess I'm kind of perfectly in between the- what-
2: I think what you've got also is people are comparing an apple with an orange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're both fruits, they're both round, but they're very different. And um, women's footy actually has been around in Victoria, it's probably coming up close to 50 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, the problem is, is that you've got part-time athletes who are juggling often 10 or 12-hour days as, as their regular employment then trying to come along and be a part-time athlete. And, you know, you only can fit so many hours into that 24. And um, so the expectation is that this AFLW, you know, league itself is on the same scale as the men's, but it really isn't. And, you know, anyone who looks at a score doesn't even understand the game because, you know, the rules are different. The way females kick the ball is different. Time-wise they're playing about half the time of the men. Mm -hmm. Um, if you watch men's footy it's three kicks you've got a shot at goal women's footy you know you're really probably looking at four or five kicks so you get a shot at Mm -hmm. goal so um, the ball is a lot lighter so it travels in the air a little bit different but there's so many you know differentials um, to why the output looks different and I guess the key one would be yeah definitely give them give them a full-time wage and put them in as full-time athletes and then you'll see that that ability grow a lot more as well. Um, but prior to AFLW, we actually had state versus state football. So um, around about the best 30 athletes in each state would play against each other in a week-long carnival. So um, a different challenge when you when you're playing, mm-hmm. usually about six games or seven games across a week. And we had, I do remember playing against Daisy Pearce. Um, she was young, very young then. Victoria would send an under nineteen team in, so you got the likes of Daisy and just Poth, Mel Hickey, those kinds. Um, but you know, we, I think, what we missed out on, or what the fans of the game have missed out on, is seeing the likes of Debbie Lee at her peak. Um, Peter Searle was a ferocious midfielder. I did not like playing anywhere near her. Luckily, I wasn't a <laughs> midfielder. Um, Shannon McFerrin was another one who is an absolute talent um, through the middle, um, but speed, she she just had speed to burn. But there's, you know, some really classy athletes around that um, because we didn't have the cameras, we didn't have the media um, and probably weren't run by the AFL. People didn't get to see that talent. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly we played some really good football and um and even back then we had athletes from other codes that had come across and played so um so the cross code is not a new thing it has probably always been around i think in sydney most of our first couple of new south wales teams had a big chunk of former athletes from other sports so um so they just brought a different dynamic to the game but but yeah it's um I think it comes down to and also the coaching there's a lot of coaches who've only been involved in the male game and I think they're slowly starting to learn that female athletes as, as a body is a different body so you can only do so much with that physically let alone the way they play their game so I think they're still learning and developing what they can get structural wise um in the output on the field as well so um Yes, yeah, certainly it's getting better and it's growing, but yeah, full-time athletes would be, would be a really awesome way to go. Yeah,
0: I, I completely agree. And, and I hope, hope very soon it happens. I, I know it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a quick thing but I, I hope eventually it will happen. And, and, I, and I wanted to let you both know here um, with my team, the Des Moines Roosters, we actually do have a women's program. We don't have a ton of girls We're we're slowly working our way in, but I'm thoroughly enjoying working with them. And they have this, this um, intense, they want to learn, they, they want to play the game. And, and I've thoroughly enjoyed watching and helping them progress. Um, and, and I completely agree with you. Like coaching, ladies is a little bit different than coaching guys. So it, it takes a little bit of, it, it's a lot of fun because the one thing I got to give my the, the male players on my team is that we've all been, we've all invested in the girls. We're, during trainings, we train together. When we play, when we have what we call Metro games or scrimmages, the girls are playing the guys and the girls will even say, guys, if you want to tackle us, tackle us. We're only going to get better. And, and I think that really has helped out our ladies this year. And I'm hoping that with COVID dying, hopefully with COVID getting somewhat handled over here, uh, we'll get back this season. Uh, in fact, the last time I talked with it, it sounds like we may have a couple of new girls joining us this year. So I, I cannot wait to get
1: fabulous. Back.
0: I know it, it, I cannot wait um, for that. Now, unfortunately, our AFL season is over. We, we 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 don't get as long a season with the AFL. Unfortunately. Um, i wish it were i wish it were more i've had so much fun watching it but i but i gotta ask um kind of what are your thoughts about a f l season five uh, a f l w season five was it a success was was it what you thought it was or did you see the progression in the game uh the way you thought it was are you excited for next year already even though we're only one or two days away from the end of the season
1: um i'm uh I'm sad. I'm sad. It's over. <laughs> we'll have to go and, get, go and uh, visit Kiwi and see some VFLW games and see the Sydney Comp as well, just to uh, get my get my fix every week. Um, it was definitely the improvement was definitely uh, palpable, definitely observable. I think. Um, I think that because we lost, we only played half a season last year, and and then the players had that amount of time to get ready for this season. Um, I think we we saw stronger bodies, faster bodies, better skills. I think, uh, ironically, the the pain of not having a full season last year has meant that this year's season was as great as it was. I, I, and I think, it I think it was a complete success and I just, I just can't believe it's over and <laughs> looking forward to next year. Kiwi, what about you?
2: Yeah, obviously I'm, I'm sad that it's over too. I'm very grateful I've got VFLW down here and, um, and our NAB league for the girls is almost over too, as, was also sad, but, um, yeah, I think it was a tremendous season and I think, um, you could process, possibly those first few rounds see the gap of the states that got to play a little bit of footy last year versus the Victorians who had no football. It sort of took them a few rounds to get back into um, the speed you know when you're playing an opponent you can do so much at training but when you're actually in a game scenario there's a speed and there's um, the impact that comes with it and I think just took those teams just
1: a few rounds to get back into it and that's a real worry when it's only nine rounds that you play mm-hmm. you don't have spare rounds to get ready do you
2: yeah and and now with just about all states shifting their main state competition to the summer to align with AFRW means they're going to have a longer break. Usually most States now will finish around about June instead of September. So there's a bigger gap before the players come back. So um, it just, it means, you know, instead of perhaps the potential of getting, what would they get? Probably 15 games in a season. Um, some of them may only get 10 to 12 games in. So um it's, yeah, a few less games, so that means probably a slower progression as each player develops as well. Um, but, you know, it, it also has the upside where players will come fresh back into pre-season training and um, mm-hmm. hopefully be able to build or take the off-season time to um, get into the gym and just build more solid physiques. And I think we're seeing a bit more of that with AFL W5. is um, definitely more speed in the game. Uh, a lot of the small players really um, shown out. You know, your Sinead Goldricks, your Courtney Hodders. Um, I think every team had an outstanding, small, quick player. Um, the Irish girls were super quick, so we spoke about them, I think, each week. But, yeah, definitely with, with those kind of athletes that bring speed, then you're bringing faster movement with the football. You're bringing harder impact in the in the collisions and the tackles. And um, Sophie Casey was a classic um, I can't remember who it was that ran into her um, when Collywood were at home at Vic Park, one maybe around seven, I think it was. Someone turned right around and went smack into her and just laid her out flat. Um, just shows the absolute speed of um, of which players are now getting the ball and turning and running with it. So the game is starting to flow a little bit quicker as well, uh, less, less just standing the marks. They're sort of taking the ball on a bit more. So it is becoming a more exciting game and um, certainly season five is just um an extension from from the part of season four that we had
0: yeah i completely agree and this was and i'll 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 raise my hand here this was the first full season that i fully like i watched almost every game i I kept an eye on it and i and i was not disappointed i i I, the footy was was moving quickly there was scoring there was tackling like i love seeing the physical hits i love seeing that the bumps i love seeing that the the just the toughness of the game. It was absolutely awesome. In fact, I'll even I've said this in a few podcasts and I don't mind saying it again. I've become a card carrying member of the Lily Mithin fan club. I absolutely love (laughs) that little spark plug i love watching her play because she can get absolutely destroyed in a tackle she bounces right up like the energizer bunny and she's right back in the game i I, with
1: a big smile on her face
0: (laughs) exactly like i absolutely loved watching her play the the demons became my favorite team to watch there at the end i i I have to admit i became a supporter of the d's as they went into the finals this year i honestly thought they had a chance to get to the finals and i think they just they ran out of gas against the crows in, in the preliminary finals and so So, um, so kind of going off that is, is, so I, I grabbed to a team Um, who's a team that you're looking at next year being kind of your surprise, like, like the team you're really looking forward to watch and who's maybe a player from a team, a player that you're really looking forward to seeing play next year.
1: Hmm. Well, I think uh, I'm looking forward to what the D's can bring next year. I think they've been hurt enough for it to spur them on. Um, they were always supposed to. I feel like they haven't still haven't quite hit their stride, although I mean they did pretty well this year. But um, I'm excited to see um, Daisy come back next year and and all their stars stand up. I, I it did look as if they were surprise contenders this year we wrote them off at the start of the year on the coat hanger football radio show and we're eating humble pie now because uh, every week they surprised us and then uh when they reached finals or the final couple of rounds we wrote them off again and said well they haven't actually had to face any um really good quality teams this will be their downfall no they got through and then they uh they got through the uh, preliminary finals as well so i think I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing them. In terms of a player, an individual player, mm, well, I want to see what Courtney Hodder does next year. But she's already a superstar in my in my mind. <laughs> I um,
2: yes, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Courtney will just grow another season and come out stronger. I think um. I think Bulldogs will be an interesting team to watch next year. I think what Nathan Burke did last season was recruit or the last two years recruit a lot of his under 18 players when he was in charge of the Vic Metro team. So by next year, they'll be coming into their second and third seasons playing AFRW. So I think that they will be a little bit more mature football wise and their bodies will be a little bit more conditioned to playing against Uh, senior woman so I think and you know he started to show signs of um, some really um, good game structures that the players could um, do on the field and uh, take the game on against some tough opposition so I think Bulldogs are going to be a team to watch next season. I think Collingwood obviously uh, will go back to the drawing board and um, look at areas where they need to polish. Uh, I know they already have Um, they're um, sort of talking to a couple of players that are on the edge now about performance and whether they stay on on the list or not but um already you know they're going to need a tool so um probably a couple of tools to come into the team so they'll be on the lookout for that um and as for a young player i can tell you probably georgia presbarkis is a name that's getting floated around a lot um and so i had a little bit to do with it with our vic metro under 19 Um, but she is a gun player. And by all regards, people have said she's better than Maddie, her bigger sister or older Mm -hmm. sister. Um, But she, the way she goes about her game is just, you know, just sublime. She's just an exciting young talent and there will be a fight over her. Um, You know, I had this discussion yesterday is obviously Carlton would love her. So um, maybe, maybe Carlton may want to um, trade Taylor Harris, Taylor Harris back to um, Queensland, get Gold Coast to pick her up so they can pick up the number one draft for getting early in Victoria. So that's probably how I'm looking at it that they might want to do some mathematics around that. Um, if Taylor wants to go home, she might not want to go home. But um, certainly I think Carlton will be looking at how they can get in that draft early so they can nab um, Georgia before Geelong. I think currently have the first Victorian pick in the draft. So, um, definitely that, that kind of, um, young talent coming through, but, um, McKenzie from Richmond, I thought she was outstanding in her first season this year. And if she can back it up is going to be exciting. Uh, usually we see these number one drafts and they go great guns in the first season and then have a quiet second year. So if she can grow on what she did this year, she's just going to be phenomenal for Richmond. So, um, yeah, that's who I'm saying. Look out. All right,
0: well, Coach Kiwi, with a great lead up into mine. My team to look out next year, I think, is Richmond. I, I think the way Richmond started to play towards the end of the year, after they got that first win down at Geelong, they started becoming a team that just gave everybody headaches. Having Moni Conti in the midfield, and then Ellie McKenzie, I completely agree with you. She she took a few rounds to warm up to AFLW, but once she did, she became an absolute gun. Her, the hanger that she took in the last in the last game of, of the regular season, yes, it was on a shorter player, so we kind of take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But um I, I really love Richmond. I think they're going to be a fun one. I completely agree with you, Fee. I think Melbourne is going to be a team to watch out for next year. And then I agree, Ellie McKenzie. And then I want to see kind of going off what coach what coach said is um, elephant F- with uh, Fitzgerald from the from the Bulldogs. Uh, I think she kind of, she had sparks of great play, and then she kind of disappeared in a couple of games. So I, I want to see how she kind of handles the second year. Maybe she, because she didn't have a, a superstar first season, that maybe her second year, now that she knows kind of how each game goes, maybe she'll blow up, and it'll make that Western Bulldogs midfield quite difficult uh, uh, to to play against every day, uh, just with with that um, that talent in that area and when you've got a couple of absolute guns with bonnie too good and isabel huntington up front the bulldogs are another team that are going to be scary good next year if they can keep everybody in the camp for sure so so that's so so that's kind of mine there so to kind of round out an an amazing aflw season um I, i i again so much fun i one of the last questions i will ask for this episode is what was the game of the year for you? What was the one game that you that if you could go back right now and watch it, because it was the game you, you just can't miss? What was your game of the season this year?
1: Donnie, I've forgotten everything except the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. Nine rounds, the season's <laughs> a blur.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so that's that's my I, I'm, I'm going to watch it again I've watched little snippets um, over and over but um, I'm going to watch it again and again <laughs>
2: that's, um, that's I think for me <clears throat> probably um, yeah it's not it's not biased at all but I think um, obviously a Collingwood game <laughs> but <laughs> Collingwood versus North just North is full of talent and um, you know, expected to be in the top four, perhaps the top two this season. And just the absolute way that Collingwood shut them down the night they played at Marvel Stadium. Just um, anyone would have thought that was not a real North team they were playing against. I think they finished the game with four points or something. It's the only time they've not scored a goal. But um, just to see just how how Collingwood worked as a team and what they took into that game and how they just shut down so much talent around the field. You know, there's some, you know, with Carney, with Ashmore, with Ghana, um, Duffin played, you know, so much talent to that North team just could not get a run on. So, you know, there's a good game to watch um, for any level coaches and players to look at how um, how to just take on a really solid opponent and shut them completely out of the game.
0: I, I'm kind of surprised you, you you guys didn't remember this. It's it's hard for me not to say this because it was probably one of the craziest finishes the entire year, and that's Fremantle going to Carl, going to Vic, and beating Carlton late in the game with the with Gemma Houghton and, and, yeah. and Sabrina Duffy. I mean, I I can't. I can't believe how that game ended. That was absolutely insane ending to the game. Yep. It kept, it kept Frio's chances of making the finals. It pretty much ended Carlton's chances of making the finals at that particular time. So that, that is a game that I'm going to go back and try to watch over the offseason because just the absolute insanity that was the ending that the fourth quarter where Frio could do nothing until the fourth quarter and then bang.
1: We were at that game,
2: Donnie. (laughs) You don't have to watch that whole game. Just watch the fourth quarter because Frio Mm. were rubbish the other three quarters. But Mm. absolutely, that last quarter is is worth watching
1: over and over. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? Just extraordinary. Mm. Um, Yeah, we were at that game. And I think the reason we've forgotten it is that we were sitting with Carlton players. Oh, boy. uh, Carlton players. (laughs) Carlton supporters. Sitting with Carlton supporters. uh, And we... (laughs) we uh we it was it was, quite right it was home. A quiet quiet <laughs> evening and actually Georgina Hibbard who's written the book Never Surrender she was mm-hmm. with us as well uh, so it was a, it was a great collegial kind of time until Carlton lost <laughs> then all our Carlton friends Carlton supporting friends just had nothing to say
0: there really wasn't much to say, unfortunately. And <laughs> it, it just, it kind of ruined so many things, not only the game, but just it really did kind of end Carlton's chances of making the finals in that one. Mm-hmm. And then another, another one that I just thought of um, that I thoroughly enjoyed was the Melbourne versus Adelaide at Casey Fields. I think it was round five or six. And Melbourne's win. And, and I remember just, how impressive Melbourne played in that game because I think a lot of people didn't give them the shot. I mean, Adelaide is still one of the best teams in the league and again, grand finalists this year. Yes, they came up short, but that, that Melbourne team, I agree with you in our preview show that I had with, with the ladies from chicks talking footy. Um, we all thought, I mean, Melbourne, they lost O'Day early in the year. They thought, man, eh, they're going to be down towards the bottom of it. And for them to just have the season that they did and that game was kind of a microcosm of their year. They, they were in it and then they really kind of overwhelmed Adelaide in that game. I mean, Casey Fields has become a fortress for the Melbourne demons. And that was an incredibly fun game to watch.
1: Yep. We were at that one too. In fact, that was following, am I correct in saying this Kiwi that that was following the game, the giants game at St Kilda at RCA park where we were soaked (laughs) to the bone. Sideways rain. Sideways rain.
0: (laughs) I remember watching <laughs> so that then one. We drove too. all
1: the way out to Casey Fields. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, that was so that was very surprising. It, uh, and yeah, as you say, it was a great match to watch. Really wonderful being there.
2: Another classic match was probably when North um, hosted Frio, mm-hmm. and that went down to the wire. And I think it was a goal apiece, and then another goal apiece, and um, just a really close type match. But yeah, the demons—the last three games. I think by round five, we had said, right, dare run home, three top teams, not a chance. And then they went out and won all three. Um, so, yeah, absolute. If you're a Demons fan, you'll be watching those last three matches for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it was so much fun for me. Well, ladies, this has been an absolutely awesome, awesome conversation. It, it, it's so awesome to actually get to talk with you. I know, Fee, we've been going back and forth on, on – on, instant messages on, on Twitter. Um, but I, I I, lo- I really want to give you ladies the opportunity to be able to share your show here, the, the coat hanger footy show. So if you want um, for any Australians or maybe even Americans who have not heard of the coat hanger podcast, I will let you kind of explain what it is, who's all on the show and kind of what your show is about.
1: <laughs> coat hanger football radio show, 7 PM on two S- 7 PM <laughs> Eastern Australian standard time on a Monday night Well, only one more actually after this one. So we'll, we'll be doing the show tonight at 7pm uh, and then I'll, on podcasts afterwards. Uh, so we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view and we have the illustrious coach Kiwi. Um, <laughs> Tracy, <Lustrous>. kick, <laughs> Tracy kick, Nat Morgan and Emma Phillips. Uh, all who are ex players and have, some coaching chops, and um, Kiwi is is currently coaching all over the all over the shop in uh, in Victoria. I should say, Nat Morgan is still playing. She's playing in masters level football. <laughs> she can't can't hang out can't hang up the boots just yet. Uh, so we we do a, a general. Um, view of the AFLW season and each each round but we want to bring a Sydney view to it because we feel a little bit like Sydney gets overlooked in uh, <laughs> in the in the player counts and in, and sometimes when there are great players that there, there've been a few players in the last couple of seasons and we have to say excuse me excuse me they actually came from New South Wales ACT football they're one of ours, so uh, we're following those players as they move around. So there, there are some who left Giants and went to other teams. So we follow their progress, and um, we just want the we want the the league, uh, the entire league to to build and grow, and we also want the league, the Sydney comp to grow. Um, and to contribute more and more players to the league. So we're actually, our final show next week is going to be um, an exploration of that that very subject. So tune in folks. (laughs) It's it's kind of more a show
2: where um, we don't have a Victorian bias. <laughs> Aussie <Yes. laughs> Rules in Australia has a very Victorian bias and most media outlets are very Victorian biased. And um, all you have to do is listen to anyone when they talk about who the medal or the cup should be named after, aside from Erin Phillips. But often they talk about it being named after Debbie Lee or Sue Alberti who, you know, have been outstanding um, patrons of the game in Victoria, without a doubt, but I can tell you um, for the uh, 17 years that I played in New South Wales, they didn't do anything for us. So, um, and on a national level, you know, a lot of what Deb did was in Victoria and same with Sue. She was, you know, very phenomenal in backing the Bulldogs, having an ex- exhibition team um, entered in back in 2014. But um, so, yes, yeah, so we probably give a bit of an open view and we'd more likely nominate someone like Jan Cooper, who, um, re- who really pushed for the competition nationally and doesn't get um, mentioned near as much unless you're from WA is where she is based. But certainly she was the one back in, I remember having conversations with her in 2009 and 2010. And as she put it, she would go into those offices and rattle their cages until they would sit up and listen to her talking about women's footy and taking women's footy seriously. And back then they were talking about if we have a women's comp it won't be till 2020 so um so yeah jan cooper did a lot of rattling of the cages but um but yeah certainly for us it's um i guess the voice outside of victoria is what we've tried to (laughs) tried to be and um and different people like me and kate tracy have do coaching or have done tracy doesn't coach so much anymore and um all four of us played a bit and um Nat Morgan was actually my first state captain, so um I certainly learnt some toughness from her um, and um and then fee is is our wonderful host who um, has it down pat and has the viewers from the fandom world, so um, keeps us in check for most of the show. <laughs>
1: I try.
0: Do try. Coming, coming from a coming from a parent's point of view, I love I love the episodes. Fee, you're awesome. You're you're absolutely hilarious as as the host. I I love it. Um, I love Coach Coach Kiwi's kind of experience. Um, all the girls. I know that the. The, the tipping comp seems to have caused a little bit of drama um which I, I absolutely i was laughing hysterically as i was listening to all of the drama whether somebody was going to win or not and all the changes so it was absolutely hilarious so so coming from a fan to to you guys uh um, keep up the great work i love i love the, the the show a lot um even if it is just me over here that's listening to it at least you have one person that can give you some kudos so all right. Well, that I think we'll 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 shut her down for today. Go ahead, coach.
2: Can, can I just give a little shout out to, um, and I hope you're listening in. Lots. Catherine Hogg is a legend in USAFL. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the founders of the USA Freedom Women's Team, and um, I met her back in 2000. And- I think it was when they traveled out here. So I've got a soft spot for freedom naturally and all the work that Catherine Hogg has done over there. And also our mates at Hawaiian Eagles. We hope to return to you one day soon. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yeah. Cat Hogg is an absolutely amazing. She's definitely a pusher and she's not too far from me. She's up in Minnesota, uh, just north of where I am here in Iowa. So, So I know Cat quite well. Uh, yes and the Hawaii Eagles and trust me everybody over here in the USAFL wants to play a game out there because going to Hawaii is like perfect so so that that's a great shout out so I think that will do it for our episode. Again, thank you so much, Fee and Coach Kiwi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Fourth and long fans, that is our AFL season in a a nutshell, to be completely honest with you. Um, I will be back again next year with AFLW. And keep an eye out because there may be some more Donnie's disposals with AFL connections coming up. So that will do it for me. Hope you have a great night, and we will see you again soon.